Unforgiveness is a prison, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. The Issues Etc. Book of the Month for January will help you break out of the unforgiveness in your own life. It's titled, Unforgivable? How God's Forgiveness Transforms Our Lives. This new book is published by Concordia Publishing House. Their phone number, 1-800-325-3040. Or learn more about Unforgivable at issuesetc.org. Unforgivable, How God's Forgiveness Transforms Our Lives, The Issues Etc. Book of the Month. him in his temple now behold him talking about luke chapter 2 where the baby jesus is brought into the temple it is the subject of a little known epiphany liturgical day called candlemas greetings and welcome to issues etc live on this friday afternoon january the 19th i'm todd wilkin thanks for tuning us in we're going to be talking about this Epiphany Celebration, Candlemas, with Dr. John Bombaro. He's authored a column titled, Ever Heard of Candlemas? Then we'll discuss the definition of evangelical with Pastor Hans Feeney, and we'll spend some time with Pastor Chris Rosebro this week in Pop Christianity, talking about Mike Bickle and the International House of Prayer. Dr. John Bombaro is the Special Project Supervisor at the Naval Chaplaincy School in Newport, Rhode Island, and author of a column titled, Ever Heard of Candlemas? Dr. Bombaro, welcome back. Thanks, Todd. It's nice to be with you again. What is Candlemas? Well, you had mentioned that it was uh, one of the festivals that we find within the season of Epiphany, and it, it usually occurs in this the third week of Epiphany, always falling on the 2nd of February, and there, there's a historic reason for that. But it's a wonderful celebration that's predicated upon the gospel texts that's appointed for that week, and it does a wonderful job of extolling Christ and the good news of the gospel, particularly for the Gentiles. What are the primary biblical texts of this celebration? Well, it's the third part of the larger pericope from Luke chapter 2, verses 22 to 40. And in there we find really three significant events that all pertain to our redemption. One has to do with the circumcision in the naming of Jesus. And then we move on and there is the purification of Mary and the presentation of Christ. That's that's really important. And that's where this text picks up in verses 22 and 24. But there are also a couple of other texts that are important that pertain to the purification of the mother and the presentation of the first male-born child, and that would be Exodus chapter 13, verses 12 through 15, and the entire chapter of Leviticus chapter 12. So we have a lot of Old Testament fulfillment taking place here where Christ himself, along with the Virgin Mary, undergoing the fulfillment of legal requirements according to the Mosaic Law. And then St. Luke, of course, is presenting all of this as uh, not only prophetic fulfillment and the fulfillment of all righteousness, but part of his heralding the good news that God has provided all things for our salvation in Christ Jesus. Give us a history of Candlemas. 
Yeah, it has a great history, and it's actually a long one. We find this festival first being mentioned in about the year 350. So we're talking about the middle of the 4th century. And then we have more definitive explanations concerning uh, the content of the liturgy for this week as we move into the 6th century. It had an earlier date of being celebrated on what we would call Valentine's Day, St. Valentine's Day on the 14th of February, and this is because it was likely predicated upon an earlier pagan festival that took place in Rome. And when it was Christianized, it went from being a a rite that celebrated Mother Earth, and it moved away from that in honor of the, the goddess Ceres, to a penitential procession for Christians at this point. And in order to render it more biblically correct, it was positioned 40 days after the nativity of our Lord Jesus in keeping with the legal requirements internal to the Mosaic law. So 40 days after, that gives us February 2nd, and it was in 542 that Emperor Justinian ordered it to be observed in Constantinople as an act of thanksgiving for the ending of a plague within the city. And then from there, it spread to the east and then became ensconced in the west. It was a fixed part of the liturgy, too. It was widely observed by both Eastern and Western Christians all the way up in to the time of the Reformation, and we'll probably talk a little bit about the transformation that happened at that point, and remain a staple even within Anglican and Lutheran communions all the way up until the 19th century. And now it's, after about 150 years of decline, it's making a resurgence, and happily so. How was Candlemas misused during the medieval period? This is a really fascinating element here because... Candlemas's original name has it comes from the Greek word for meeting, and that is hapopante. And it was about particularly the meeting of the Lord with Simeon, and then Simeon's declaration that here is God's salvation, Jesus, and he is a light unto the Gentiles. And so keeping with this whole epiphany theme of light, illumination, revelation, disclosure, particularly to the nations, to the Gentiles, that became the onus and really the name of the festival. And there was the emphasis on the presentation of the Lord. And that's a really fascinating bit. I hope we have a chance to talk about that because what's required of the firstborn male child under the Mosaic law is a payment of redemption. And that's just a whole fascinating theme that the Redeemer himself needed to be redeemed with the payment of redemption. Set that aside for a moment. This Christological focus on the presentation of the Lord is where the emphasis originally was within the festival season. However, there was a shift, and because in the text of Luke chapter 2, verses 22 to 24, what we find is the Blessed Virgin Mary also being mentioned here with respect to the sacrifice that she was required to give because the Mosaic law would have considered her ceremonially unclean after giving birth. So 40 days later, she comes and she makes the sacrifice in that regard. And so all of the hallmarks, all of the fixtures of this celebration began to be shifted toward Mary. And the reason for that is Jesus himself began to be viewed in medieval times under uh, some auspices of 
superstition as well as suspicion that Jesus was much like the medieval kings himself, austere, unapproachable, unremitting. And so Mary's position was elevated. She became the mediator to the mediator or the mediatrix to the mediator. And so even the name of this festival shifted from the feast of the meeting of the Lord or the presentation of the Lord, and then it became the Feast of the Purification of the Virgin. And the name Candlemas, which had to do with the extraordinary numbers of candles that were usually presented for blessing during this time, and people would have taken them home. The candles that were presented and processed, that candle, which was always evocative of Jesus Christ being the light of the world, and particularly a white candle, representative of Jesus's purity and holiness, but also his bodily resurrection and glorification. This shifted from Jesus onto Mary herself. How was the celebration of Candlemas lost among Lutherans? Well, I think it's particularly as it migrated to the West, and there was a the Lutherans are kind of a late comer in terms of large numbers in the 19th century. The founding of the origins of the Missouri Synod not occurring until the 19th century itself. Well, it came into a land in which it was predominated by either Roman Catholicism or Calvinism. And sadly, I think there was a little more of a hitching toward the Calvinist bent here with a decidedly anti-Catholic complexion. And so because of this overemphasis on the Marian impulse within this text and extolling Mary that even the candles came to represent her purity and holiness rather than a symbol of Jesus's perfection and divine glory, it began to fade away. And so as a distinctive remembrance as a distinctive celebration internal to Epiphany, the liturgy just kind of allowed it to slide away, and it just became the third Sunday of Epiphany itself. However, good research has recovered the 16th, 17th, and 18th century observances of Lutheran celebration of Candlemas, extolling its Christological focus and message, and for that reason, I think that we're seeing more and more congregations hallmarking their calendar with Candlemas and offering a, a wonderful correction. So how can this celebration be used to teach in the church? Well, there's a number of wonderful things in here. I think verses 22 to 24, they're taking place four weeks after Jesus's circumcision. And that circumcision has its onus falling on the redemption of the Jews, you know, and the whole idea of Jesus coming into the house of David and, you know, his being born in Bethlehem. All of that seems to have a very strong Jewish connotation. But now we're getting this shift, particularly in these verses, with the mentioning of the Gentiles. This whole idea of illumination of the Gentiles will have, subsequent to this event, the visitation of the Magi. So even though we're progressing through the text here, at least in terms of the historic chronology, what takes place in Luke 2, 22-24 is actually the antecedent to the visit of the Magi. Okay, notwithstanding, in this place in Luke's Gospel, we find... 
Joseph with Mary and the infant Jesus in Jerusalem complying to the Mosaic regulations concerning purification after childbirth. Here we have fulfillment of the law on our behalf. In the time between the childbirth and return of a woman's normal cycle, again, they were considered to be ceremonial and clean, and she wouldn't have been able to enter the temple there. And she would have been suspended from that worship until she was purified. And so after giving birth to the son, she goes through that 40th day of purification. But now the significant part here is that the presentation of the child differed from her process of purification. So we have two quite different ceremonies here. Purification from childbirth, which ended with a sacrifice, and the presentation of the child, which included the special notion of redemption, the payment of a ransom fee. And that's that remarkable thing, probably something that many of us never even heard before. And that is on the 40th day after his birth, the one who was called the Redeemer was himself redeemed. And as strange as that may sound, it's true. Jesus' redemption took place in fulfillment of this Old Testament regulation. And because he was, in fact, his mother's firstborn son and did not belong to the priestly tribe of Levi, per se, Jesus had to be exempted or redeemed from official temple service by the payment of uh, five shekels of silver, just as the, um, the law prescribed. More than that, we have internal to this text the declaration of Simeon, who makes this magnificent move by the Holy Spirit to declare scripture quality revelations concerning Jesus, that he is a light of revelation of God's salvation to the Gentiles and, of course, the glory of God's people Israel. So the wonderful thing here is it's tying together all these wonderful themes in scripture where Jesus Christ is the light of the world who enlightens all men. He is the true light, which gives light to everyone. That's John chapter 1, verse 9. And so this text is throwing a wonderful emphasis on that this story isn't just a Jewish story for some particular tribal religion. This is now the climax of all human history in which God's great work of redemption has come to bear specifically on Jesus and that Jesus himself represents not only the Jew, but also the Gentile, and that he will be the Lord and King over all the world, ruling and reigning by grace, mercy, truth, peace, and love in the power of the Holy Spirit. So this is a fantastic text for extolling the kingdom of God come and the identification of the world's rightful king, even our king, as Gentiles. So why is Candlemas worth recovering? Because it is saturated with holy gospel, because it is heralding and declaring in an unabashed way with a glorious text from St. Luke, the holy gospel of Jesus, not only for the Jew, but for the Gentile. For the Jew first, and then also the Gentile. Dr. John Bombaro is Special Project Supervisor at the Naval Chaplaincy School in Newport, Rhode Island. He's author of a column titled, Ever Hear of Candlemas? You'll find a link to it on the Talk on Demand archives page at issuesetc.org. John, thank you. It's always fun to talk the gospel with you, Todd. Pastor Hans Feeney joins us after the break. We're going to talk about the definition of evangelical. This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we finish Titus with Devoted to Good Works and then move into Ruth with 
intro to Ruth, Naomi prepares to return to Bethlehem, Ruth's loyalty, and call me no more, Naomi. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider. The Lutheran Church Missouri Synod cares deeply for those who protect our nation. Are you or a loved one currently serving? Ministry to the Armed Forces would like to help. We provide devotional literature to encourage faith. Send your mailing address to lcmschaps at lcms.org or call us at 314-996-1337. Those in uniform are comforted with Psalm 28. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in Him and He helps me. Teaching your student to read should not be complicated. Memoria Press's phonics uses common sense and the classical approach with their First Start Reading program for the most effective and efficient way to teach your child how to read. If you're interested in learning more, visit them at memoriapress.com and use the coupon code LPR24 at checkout. Memoria Press, saving Western civilization one student at a time. If you appreciate Issues Etc., our 24-7 music and talk stations, and our daily verse-by-verse Bible study, The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, please include a bequest in your will or trust for these worldwide media resources. A bequest allows you to receive an estate tax charitable deduction and reduces the tax burden on your family. Ensure your children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren the opportunity to listen by including a bequest in your will or trust for Issues Etc., Lutheran Public Radio, and the Word of the Lord endures forever. Evangelical and Catholic, you're listening to Issues Etc. With the oldest deaconess program of the LCMS, Concordia University Chicago has fully certified young women for the deaconess vocation for more than 40 years. I'm Deaconess Kristen Wasilak, Program Director for Deaconess Studies. Help us identify the next generation of servants to care for souls, engage our communities in mercy, and teach God's Word. Learn more about Concordia Chicago's Deaconess Program today at cuchicago.edu, cuchicago.edu. For your next family vacation, consider Our Beach House, a charming three-bedroom vacation rental on beautiful Siesta Key. Just off Sarasota, Florida, Siesta Key Beach, consistently voted America's best, is just 100 steps away. Whether you're watching the sunset over the Gulf of Mexico or frolicking in the warm surf, you and your family will fall in love with Siesta Key. Check us out at SiestaKeyRentalGenie.com or call Virginia at 941-266-1858. 